freedom is within you. The reality of God's kingdom appears when Jesus lives within me and when Jesus lives within you by faith, by his Holy Spirit. The realities of the kingdom, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the joy, the peace, the salvation, the hope, everything the kingdom is, righteousness, peace, and joy manifest within you because Christ is within you. He dwells within you. You have it all abiding within you. Now, before we go any further, we need to look at a very important verse because we need to understand who we are in our identity in him so that through that lens, we can look at all of these other scriptures. We have to understand what John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. He says, as he is, talking about Jesus, so also are we in this world. Now, think about that for a minute. John isn't saying as Jesus was. First John was written in like 85 AD, long after Jesus had already been resurrected and glorified. And John is saying, as Jesus is, so also are you. As he is now, he is pure and holy. He has been raised up and seated in heavenly places. He is glorified. He has supreme authority over the kingdom of darkness. And John says, as Jesus is, so also are you now. It is who we are. We are made in his image. And we have become, through grace, all that Jesus is right now. We could just spend the next weeks just unpacking that. And we have scripture references, everything we say. So if you, you need a little bit more understanding of where some of these ideas are coming from, please come ask us. Because so we can't go through them all today. So what we're going to do is we are just going to take the word at its word. And we're going to show you how the kingdom is within you. What Jesus meant when he said it's not here or there. The kingdom of heaven has come nigh. It is near. It is close enough to touch. It is within you. So here we go. All these scriptures are on the screens. Or you can turn there or flip there. Colossians 1, 26 through 27. This is Paul speaking. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. Okay, stop there for a moment. Mysteries in, the, in many pagan religions refer to secret information available only to an exclusive group of people. So when Paul uses that word secret or mystery, there was heavy connotation with his Gentile audience for what that word meant. Because in their culture, if something was a mystery, it was only revealed if you were a VIP member of society. But Paul is saying this great mystery is now being revealed to God's people. Verse 27, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. 
And here he goes. I love how the NLT puts this. And this is the secret. I can almost like see Paul leaning in. This, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. You see, in the Colossian church, there were false teachers who believed that spiritual perfection was a secret and a hidden plan that only a few privileged people could discover. And Paul is just blowing up their box and he's saying, listen, the secret that has been revealed for thousands of years is this, and it's not only for the elect, it's not only for the Jews, it's for you Gentiles also, that Jesus Christ lives in you. He is alive. His power, his love, his glory is alive within you. This was a mind-blowing revelation for the Gentiles, and I don't think it's mind-blowingness, or however you want to say that, has lost any of its effect. Because every time you read that, it should cause you to stand in awe of how amazing it is that Jesus Christ lives within you. Whom shall you fear? What is impossible for you to accomplish that he's calling you to? Absolutely nothing. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Chris Gore, a book Leslie and I are reading, he says this, there is no I, this is on the screens, there is no I in the life of a believer because through repentance and salvation, the I became we. Isn't that good? There's no, like, there's no I in team, there is no I in the life of a believer because now that Christ lives in you, that I has been transformed into we. Our flesh has been co-crucified with Christ and we now live in union with him as one. Listen to me. When you continue to live in shame, in guilt, in condemnation, when you live as, all, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and I hope I make it into heaven. My sin keeps haunting me. My old man keeps coming up. Listen, when you live as just a sinner saved by grace, it's like you're trying to resurrect that old man. In my Bible, I don't know about yours, but my Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. My Bible says I am dead to sin. Tell me what power a dead man has. None. So the only time your dead man has any power over you is when you step outside of your identity as a son and a daughter of God. Because as sons and daughters, we are in Christ. He lives within us. We have been crucified. He lives in me. Our flesh is dead. It holds no power. Your sin, your past, it is long forgotten. Stop remembering it. Because the more you remember something that God has already forgotten, you're saying, Jesus, what you did just wasn't good enough for me. It wasn't powerful enough. It is dead. You have been made new and alive in Christ. 
The more we understand our union with him and live in that identity, the less we feel like we must work for our salvation. We must strive for our freedom. We must strive for our healing. If I work harder, if I do more, and that's not it at all. The moment you are in Christ, you have become brand new. The old is gone, the new has come. That is your identity. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Leslie just read it. Let your light shine before all men that they may see you and glorify him. I'm tired of the church feeling like we need to live in the shadows because the word says you need to be seen. The world needs to see you. The world needs to hear you because everything that we do as sons and daughters is a demonstration of the character and the love of Jesus. And the world needs that now more than ever. The world doesn't need a church that's living in fear and doesn't understand her identity. When we walk into the room, the glory of Jesus walks in with us. And everything that we do, it's for his glory and it's for his kingdom. Let your light so shine before all men that they may see you and glorify your Father in heaven. He gets all the glory. It's not about your name. It's not about my name. It's not about Lifeway. It's not about anything. It's about Jesus being lifted up through everything that we say, through everything that we do. He lives within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. A friend of mine said, not taking Jesus at his word, that it is finished, is like you saying, hey, dinner's finished. Come in the kitchen and get something to eat. And your kid's coming in the kitchen, getting the pots and pans out and starting to cook. No, it's finished. Get something to eat. And they're getting food out of the fridge. No, it's finished. Get something to eat. That's what we do as believers when we live under guilt, condemnation, and shame. Jesus saying, it's finished. Stop dragging it back out again. It's finished. When we did communion, communion a couple weeks ago, I, I spoke about remembering what Jesus did. That's why we take communion. Because he wants us to remember what he did, not what we did. Listen, Romans chapter 8 says, this isn't in the notes, so here's another scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one, for the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. The case is closed. You are made new in Christ. You are a new creation. And I know we've said it a lot over the last year, but we're not going to stop saying it because we want to see a church rise up in authority and power and take this county for Jesus. Justice burns in my soul, and it's not justice for our glory, it's justice for the kingdom. The enemy has wreaked havoc long enough. Sons and daughters, rise up. Amen? Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm preaching. Okay. Romans chapter 8, oh yeah, I was just there. But we're going to go to verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, makes his home inside of you, 
Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. You are the righteousness of Christ. Come on, somebody. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You know what that tells me? That tells me I am a brand new woman. That tells me I have physical healing in my body flowing through me because I have Jesus. That tells me I have more than enough than anything I could ask, think, or imagine. That's what this, this, that same power tells me. It also tells me that when I walk into a situation where there is lack, where there is pain, where there is suffering, I carry the anointing of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we can see healing and wholeness. You carry the atmosphere of the very kingdom of heaven. Isn't that glorious? No more walking into a situation hopeless and defeated. No matter what it looks like, we trust in the mystery. We trust in the King. Amen? Chris Gore was teaching one day on the woman with the issue of blood. And he was sharing about how she just touched the hem of his garment. And he was standing in front of a man while he was doing the teaching and he moved down the row and was standing in front of an 18-year-old student in his class, a girl. And as he was speaking about the healing that flowed from him, the atmosphere that Jesus carried wherever he went, she was instantly healed of polycystic ovary syndrome. She, her cycle began. A couple of days later, he found another girl in the class who was gone through, young woman, gone through menopause early. While he's sharing about the atmosphere of heaven that Jesus carried, while he's talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, she was healed and her cycle began and she's now able to have children. The testimonies go on that the holy presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we carry, there are now 34 women that have been set right because of that one story of Jesus and the woman who was willing to reach out and trust him and she was healed. I know those are personal things, but God wants our bodies to work right. He created us to be healthy and whole, amen? And we carry the atmosphere. We may not even know the healing that is happening when we're in the room. It's not about us. It's not about our glory. It's about him setting things right. Amen. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith, by faith, through faith, amen? Then, you, then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the highest place of honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. That same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. We experience God's power by faith. Children believing their father, mother can do anything. So when we were doing this teaching um, on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago, and we were looking at this verse, I kind of received an image of my girls, who they're very little, they're eight, six, and three, and just the heart of the Father that he has for us in experiencing his power through faith, 
And when I look at Natalie, Brielle, or Eliza, when they look at Leslie and either of us, we say, listen, you can do this. I believe in you. I know you can. There is not a doubt in their minds that they cannot do what we're telling them they can because they know our heart for them and they trust us. They trust the heart of their father. They trust the heart of their mother. And when we say, you can do this, I believe in you, I know you can, the faith in them empowers them to do what we're telling them they can do. And the same is true with our father, that when he says, I believe in you, I created you for this, you are empowered and you are qualified to do what I am calling you to, there should not be a doubt in our minds. That faith should well up inside of us, just like it would in our girls. And we look at our father in the eyes and we say, yes, I know who you are and I know who I am in you. And if you're telling me I can, I know I can. Amen? We experience the greatness of his power through faith, faith in our Father. We're seated in heavenly places. We have been raised up and seated with Jesus in heavenly places. If you want to know the reference for that, it's Ephesians 2, verse 6. We're seated in heavenly places. We don't approach the throne as a nobody. We approach the throne of grace covered by the righteousness of Jesus. When we walk in, he sees Jesus on us, amen? When we walk in, he, when we enter his presence, we're covered by the blood, and his blood is enough that we can stand righteous and holy, that we can be free from the sin that's haunted us, that we can gain victory over anything the enemy tries to throw at us through Christ's power in us, not ours. Not our willpower, not our fight, our surrender. It's through surrender, amen? Last verse. We told you this was going to be a scriptural firing squad this morning. Our last verse is John 17, 21 through 22. Jesus is praying for us, the church. He's praying for you. You know, we read these last two verses, that same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's Paul talking in Ephesians and in Romans. But this is our King, our Savior, our Lord, and he's praying for us. He's praying for us to come to grips, come to the reality, come to the confidence of what he is going to do on the cross and through the resurrection. This is his prayer. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. I in them and them in me. God says in Isaiah 48, he will not share his glory with another. But what does Jesus say in John chapter 17? He says, for the very glory you have given me, I have given them. Through Christ, the glory has been restored and you are to move from glory to glory. 
And that's what you are. If you're in Christ, you're not moving from shame to glory to shame to glory to shame to glory. You're moving from glory to glory. Even if there's a struggle, even if there's a fight, you're moving from glory to glory. Don't let the enemy steal and lie to you. You're moving from glory to glory. Will you stand with me? You have been made one with God through the blood of Jesus. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are a victor. You are healed. You carry the kingdom wherever you go. You carry the atmosphere of heaven. Let's not get hung up on words. Heaven is a place, amen? And it's within us. We're gonna get there someday and be in the presence of God permanently forever. But he said, I'm gonna give them what they need now to live victorious now, not just when they get there, but now. Because we need his presence in order to accomplish what he has called us to in our jobs at Smith Ambulance, at our job at Bueller's, at our job at Walmart, at our job wherever we work, in the schools. We are called to carry the kingdom wherever we go. He doesn't want a limping church. He wants a roaring church. Bride, do you know who you are? I said bride, not Brad. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, ready. You are the righteousness of Christ. You know how sometimes people are like, go home and look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. Can you, can you let me be your mirror and say, I am the righteousness of Christ right now. Go ahead, say it. Say it again. I'm redeemed. I am called by name. I am healed. Mm, Jesus. Hey, I just received a text on my phone from Troy back there at the soundboard, and he said, the only power a dead man has is the stink. And he only stinks when you dig him up. So leave him buried. Ooh. but the sick if you feel sick today you're in the right place he came for you oh I feel the evangelist rising up in me right now he came for you he died for you the enemy has robbed you long enough he has stolen from you long enough his day is done you're in the right place this is a place for healing don't let him condemn you any longer stand son stand daughter and if you feel weak, we are here to hold up your arms. We are here to mourn with you. We are here to laugh with you. We're here to cry with you. That is what we do as the body. We move together in unity because of the presence and glory of God that is in each one of us. You Jesus. are in the right place. If you don't know Jesus today, today is your day. Say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe, Jesus, you paid a great price. And by your grace, I am redeemed. By your grace, I am free. By your grace, I am healed. By your grace, I am made new. Hallelujah.
guys are pretty. Excuse me, handsome and pretty. A beautiful bride. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus walks out of this room and we see another come into the kingdom because you said yes in your surrender, amen. We want this house full of people that want to know who they are. He's here to have intimacy, restore identity, and give increase in your life. No longer allowing the enemy any foothold. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, there are going to be a couple people in the altar. I don't want to eliminate that opportunity. If you need agreement today as we exit, there are going to be people ready to pray with you here. You're welcome to come forward. But as we go, I pray that you would walk with your head up, your eyes fixed on Jesus, and know who you are in Christ. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Bless you this morning. Go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen.